This is Fifth Avenue Faceoff. So, congratulations, Pittsburgh Penguins. Welcome back into Fifth Avenue Faceoff, by the way. Episode three, as we get going, the first game of 33 out of the All-Star break for the Pittsburgh Penguins just so happens to be against the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, no problem there. I hope you're ready to go, boys. Hit the ground running. Uh, and here to join us to talk about the Avalanche. He covers them for Colorado Hockey now, Evan Rawl. Evan, thanks for making some time today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to go to the source to find out just how the Penguins are supposed to handle Colorado. You know, I, I talked with Eric Tangrady earlier. He joins me a couple times a week. Um, and from a coach's perspective, which he coaches high school now and obviously played in the league, he said, you know, if you've got to try to take one or the other away, certainly understanding there's a bunch of great second tier talent available as well. Kale McCarr is on the ice for about 25 minutes a night. So you do everything you can to try and take Kale McCarr away and hope that Nathan McKinnon doesn't burn you in the process. So I'll ask you, McKinnon is on fire since coming back from an injury uh, at the turn of the calendar. I think 20 points in 14 games, something like that. McCarr is, well, McCarr, nine game point streak, best defenseman in the league right now. So what are other teams trying to do that maybe the Penguins could take a crack at in trying to take one or both of these guys away or at least limit them somewhat it's interesting because it, it used to be mckinnon and rantanen were combined now so now the as have spread out even more where rantanen's on his own line and he's having a tremendous year so teams are just having a tough time kind of handling things over the last you know they've won eight of nines now that they've kind of spread things out so um mckinnon is probably the guy you want to focus on because Makar is having a good season, but he's not having anywhere near the season he had last year, which was special, uh, just from the start of the season to the end of the playoffs. So it's McKinnon's on a roll right now, and the way he's doing it is actually a little bit surprising because he's a heavy shot guy. He shoots a lot, but his playmaking this year has been incredible, and he's been doing it with a lot of different guys, including Evan Rodriguez, who you guys know <laughs> very well. But um, he's he's making everyone around him better. So right now, I would say he's probably the guy to focus on, and um, I mean, as for what other teams can do, good luck. I mean, when he gets speed going through the neutral zone, he's very difficult to stop. And, you know, he gets up for these matchups against Sidney Crosby. He really does. Yeah. I was, I, you know, it's funny. And we'll get to Evan Rodriguez in a couple minutes, but you bring up Crosby. And then it, it strikes me from a distance anyway, because we don't get to see a lot of McKinnon, that personality wise, they seem very similar. I don't know if it's something from growing up in Nova Scotia, that part of the world, whatever it may be. But I, I see Nathan McKinnon on the ice, like up to and including the sort of uh, ho-hum attitude towards the All-Star game where he's standing there looking around like, oh, I'm supposed to be introduced now. OK, I guess I'll skate out. Um, you know, th little things like that. Like he just seems so, I guess, humbles the word, but unassuming, you know, much like Crosby is still to this day. So what are, some, I guess, some of the off-ice personality style similarities that you see between these two that have lent McKinnon to being the sort of calm, level-headed, even-keeled leader that he is for the Avalanche? Uh, well, it's interesting because he's he's very intense. He's a very mm -hmm. intense guy. I, I, I mean, I haven't been around Sidney Crosby, so I can't say, but Nate is very intense. He will, you know, if he's not happy with something in practice, he's going he's gonna to tell his teammates. And his sticks often, you know, <laughs> face the brunt of that where he'll throw sticks into the, into the boards and the stands. Oh, wow. He's... 
he's a very intense guy. Um, and, you know, we thought, hey, he won a Stanley Cup. Maybe he's going to calm down a little bit. And it hasn't been that way. And I think that's the Crosby part in it, where it's just like, okay, I won one. I, I want more. Right. And that intensity and, you know, he he, he really doesn't – he's he's a hockey guy. He doesn't think about other things. He likes golf a lot, but – he mainly just thinks about hockey and I think that intensity and just wanting to be the best is what he's getting from Crosby. And um, it's, it's been really interesting. Cause I mean, they got to know each other at a really young age for Nate and um, it's, it's, I can't imagine you have a better mentor than Sidney Crosby for him. And mm-hmm. he, he's definitely taken a lot from him. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You mentioned he's a hockey guy. That's what he thinks about first and foremost, every single day. I was just talking about that with, Eric with uh, about Evgeny Malkin and, and Sid's similar in that as well. You know, that it, it's like a lot of us just presume, I think once we start to sit down and think about, it, Oh, well, hockey's their job. Once they get away from the rink, they probably don't think about their job too much. Like I don't, you know, there's a lot of people, if you're an accountant, you go home, you don't sit there and bust out a spreadsheet for fun necessarily. But for these guys, hockey is life. That's how you get to this point and get as good as they are. So not a surprise there that Nathan McKinnon, much like Crosby, much like a Malkin, much like any great player, lives, eats, breathes hockey. So you mentioned Evan Rodriguez. Uh, you did a fantastic job for Colorado Hockey Now, uh, a video breakdown of how Evan Rodriguez is finding space on the ice while skating with McKinnon. And you mentioned ranton has got his own line now, McKinnon skating with Rodriguez. You know, we saw Evan Rodriguez here. Uh, have that uncanny ability to move up and down the lineup. Now, there were droughts at times where it didn't matter where he was in the lineup, he wasn't scoring, but there were also incredible hot streaks, like uh, the December before last when he was still here in Pittsburgh. So tell me why the Penguins screwed up in letting Evan Rodriguez walk and how he's been able to fit in with Nathan McKinnon and make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for the Penguins. I don't know what kind of contract they offered him, but it sounds like, I mean, the Avs kind of waited it out this summer. They didn't sign him until September, and I think maybe Rodriguez thought he was going to get better offers than he really did. But they they lucked out in that sense, where they got him on a cheap one-year deal. Given their cap situation, it's been great. And he had a slow start to the year while he was adjusting. Um, but he's, like you said, he's been moving up and down the lineup, and in the last month, he's really fit in with McKinnon. And Nate actually said that he's never played with the right shot before. So it's been kind of fun for him to play with a guy like Rodriguez. And um, and actually today at practice, it looked like he might be playing with Ranton in tomorrow. So they keep moving things around. Okay. Um, but the Avs are only going to go with 11 forwards. So they're going to see a lot of mixing and matching. So um, he's going to play with a lot of different guys. But it's mainly – he's a very smart hockey player. I don't know if that kind of shined through when you guys were there, but – he knows where to be on the ice. He'll hold on to the puck that extra second. You know, yep. he, he knows he has more time than, you know, most players think they got to get rid of it right away. Or he's like, you know, I got that extra second I can do here. And he and he understands how to play with great players that, you know, it's more complimenting them. It's not just, you know, taking it away from them. What struck me, Evan, and you mentioned um, holding on to the puck that, that split second longer than a lot of guys are comfortable doing is um, the, his use of stick angle. And you pointed it out in the video breakdown you did. He'll he'll do something subtle, like change the angle of his stick from, you know, maybe it's it's closed, like he's going to send the puck up high and then opens it up and instead moves the puck towards someone in the low slot. And it's such a subtle maneuver that he does in that extra split second while he's holding on to the puck 
that it completely changes the dynamics of what's happening in the zone, or he can even do it on the rush. I've seen at times. And I think you're right. It's just, it's that ability. And I don't think we're used to seeing, I guess, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to, this is a backhanded compliment of Evan Rodriguez, I guess. We're not used to seeing second tier guys handle themselves with the confidence necessary to do stuff like that. Like you see Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon do stuff like that. You go, oh, well, they're otherworldly talents. Of course they're able to do that. To see Evan Rodriguez do it, you go, wait, what? Why is he so comfortable? Why is he so, I guess, loose is the word. Confident is, is mm-hmm. the word, I guess. Yeah, and you mentioned the the stick angles. That's, Jared Bednar has mentioned multiple times that that's something he loves about his game. It's the deception where he, you think the defender thinks he's going one way and he, he passes it the other way. There's a lot of two-on-ones this year where, you know, odds are he's not going to shoot the puck on a two-on-one. Like, we know that, but he he de- he deceives the defenseman into thinking he's going to do it, and then he slides it back door. And, yeah, he's it's interesting because he's, what, he's going on 30. He's having a late, you know, career breakout here. And you just kind of wonder where was this early in his career? Like, why did it take right. so long? And sometimes it just takes a while for these guys. Like we're seeing in Colorado here with Nachushkin. Sometimes these guys just need the right fit. And Rodriguez is, has been an analytical darling for a couple of years now. And that's one of the things the Avs have really bet on the last few years. So I think that's part of the reason why they were very comfortable going after him. And um, I talked to him today about, you know, he, he loves it in Colorado and he, you know, he's very open to staying here, but, you know, salary cap might have a different idea there. Yeah, I, I just know if if Pittsburgh Penguins fans had their way, I think they'd probably take Evan Rodriguez the way he's playing this year on that $2 million deal he signed in Colorado over, say, uh, the Brock McGinn deal, almost $3 million a year for three years, or even Danton Heinen back on a one-year deal at one mil, or Jeff Carter, who's probably being overpaid at this point in his career. He really has adapted extremely well to Colorado. You mentioned Jared Bednar. Um, so this guy is, uh, he, he lives in South Carolina, spends a lot of time in South Carolina in the off season, right? Cause that's where he came up playing and coaching in the ECHL. Um, but he is like a feral hog wrestling badass. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's his idea of fun. He's going to go out with a buoy knife in the woods and wrestle down a feral pig in the South Carolina woods and slaughter it right there in the woods. And I'm just like, Again, you mentioned the intensity of McKinnon, but the abs strike me as a very, uh, I don't want to say low key, that's not the right word, but a very even keel team. They always seem to find their level emotionally. Um, It doesn't strike me as a necessarily ruthless team, even though they are extremely good. One of the favorites in the Western Conference and reigning Stanley Cup champs. So how has that, that, feral hog wrestling badass Jared Bednar <laughs> imprinted that onto this avalanche team uh if at all this personality of well hey whatever it takes and how have you seen it display itself on the ice if you have he's a very McKinnon is very much different from everyone else where Bednar is very even keel like you mentioned um a lot of times you know if the Avs things aren't going their way in a game with the refs you know, I'll get mentions like, why isn't Bednar screaming at the refs? And it's just like, he's not built that way. Like he just, he's not going to call out the refs. He's just very much like, let's just take care of our business, you know, control what we can control. And the team has really taken that on. He is a, a, an incredible leader. He, he, he takes everything in. He sees everything. He works with the analytic departments. Um, you know, he, he is very much just like a, you know, you mentioned he, he, he lives in South Carolina. We ask him, you know, 
are you a shovel guy or are you a snowblower guy? And he goes, oh, I, I tractor. I just get on my tractor and do that. <laughs> so he's very much just like a workman-like guy. Yeah. So um, the team definitely takes on his identity. Uh, he's, I mean, they could have fired him years ago after that horrendous year in 2016 and 17. And the ass knew just, it wasn't fair to him. He got called in late because Patrick Waugh quit a month before the season. Um, and he's just, he's won everywhere. And it's, it's not surprising that he won in the NHL level just because he works and he prepares better than every coach. And, you know, the team takes on that, that identity. You got a few guys who are intense, but for the most part, they just are very much like, Hey, you know, control what we can control don't worry about what's out there and don't listen to the noise well it's a hell of a test for the pens to start the stretch run coming out of the all-star break the first of their final 33 games the avalanche coming to town um thanks for giving us evan uh, a little bit of a, a colorado perspective on this team mm-hmm. again western conference we don't get to see them a lot uh and when we do it's fleeting so really appreciate all your insight again colorado hockey now if you like evan's stuff which i did uh when i when i first checked it out it continues to be very good and uh, we'll even excuse the fact that you are so horrifically <laughs> wrong about the hierarchy of Pearl Jam albums. I saw you tweet out uh, like a week ago that Yield is the best Pearl Jam album, when in reality, the rest of the world, including myself at the front of the line, understand that it's really only the fourth best Pearl Jam album. <laughs> I, uh, well, I got my Eddie Vedder hat on now. So <laughs> yes. Remember. But um, yeah, I've always been a fan of those middle years, like the, the okay. No Code Yield by Gnarl. Uh, maybe that's because that's when I became a fan, but I just feel like that's, and I think it's Jack Irons on drumming. I think his unique sound kind of led to that, but yeah, I, I like that. It seemed like the band was all working together as opposed to one or two guys contributing everything. It's like, I, I've heard this theory before that your favorite version of something, whether it's, you know, style of clothes, you know, fashion, whether it's music, whatever it is, is always from the time when you felt like you were at your peak. And so mm-hmm. mine is from like the high school years for me, of the mid to early or mid to late nineties. So that's why I'm a, I'm a 10 versus Vitology guy. So I understand you're a no code yeah. yield by normal guy. It yeah. works well, out. Makes sense. I have, Vitology is my number two. Behind okay. you. So I do love Vitology. All right. Then we'll, we'll agree to agree on that much yeah. then. Evan Rawl, uh, go ahead, check all the stuff out at Colorado hockey now. And again, thanks for the time today, man. We really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Evan Rowell of Colorado Hockey. Now, great stuff from him on Nathan McKinnon, the fiery nature, and the fact that really everybody else in that Avalanche organization seems to be somewhat even-keeled and level-headed, but then a bad practice or a bad game or two, and McKinnon's firing sticks all over the ice. Great stuff from Seth Rohrbaugh joining us from uh, the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry, talking about where the Pens are at right now and the fact that It increasingly feels like Ron Hextall is not in a hurry to do anything. Stop me if you've heard that before. We'll see how things may change over the next week or so as they've got the avalanche coming out of the break. And then the importance of those three games out West. Thanks again to Eric Tangrady for joining us, uh, telling us some great stories about Marc-Andre Fleury and the pranks he would pull on the road and just how important it is to this team to come together and gel right now out on the road. And again, I think it's probably six points out of these next four games, Colorado and the three road games combined, the three West games on the West Coast combined. Get six points out of those four games. I think you feel really good about a turnaround beginning, uh, heading down the stretch run. Four points, you'll you'll take it. And, you know, that's bare minimum. But um, certainly you'd like to see the Pens start to find something. They better find it with the Avalanche uh, coming to Pittsburgh 
fresh out of the break. Episode four will be on your way uh, if you've subscribed and do so inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure you're getting new episodes as soon as we post them. There will be another one after the Avalanche game leading into that West Coast trip. We'll talk to some people out West to preview the Ducks and the Kings uh, and get you ready for what is an interesting three-game road trip, hopefully made a little less interesting so by a win over the Avalanche if we can knock on wood and hope that that's the case. Thanks again for joining Fifth Avenue Faceoff.